Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and I want to uh, get everyone ready for the season of Lent. And uh, I've been receiving so many inquiries about what program to follow. Do you have any advice of, um, you know, how to make my Lent the best Lent ever? I hear that saying all the time. And so uh, I'm going to share what I know. And of course, uh, who better to guide us through Lent than the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about his writings today. So uh, let's begin with prayer, as we always do, and uh, love the wisdom of St. Teresa of Avila. And uh, I tell you, her words are very soothing and very appropriate for today. So I'll have my good friend uh, Kent Kolhoski bring up on the screen uh, the prayer uh, that we ask for the help of St. Teresa of Avila, so please join me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, I want to welcome you all to, uh, again, uh, this opportunity that we have each week to uh, kind of share the faith, share some ideas. And I thought I would share with you a little bit of background information about uh, the Lenten series that I give uh, for uh, parishes and uh, different Catholic conferences uh, using the writings of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Um, last year I developed a course called The Seven Last Words on Everything. And uh, it came to me through an inspiration that uh, as I started to uh, look through Archbishop Sheen's writings on the seven last words, I realized that he wrote, uh, again, many books uh, using the seven last words as the uh, topic of conversation. And uh, every year he would uh, kind of apply the seven last words to a different theme. And so this idea of calling it the seven last words on everything, I think uh, is true. And uh, so Sheen would talk about the seven deadly sins and the seven last words is the antidote for those seven deadly sins. He would talk about uh, seven virtues and how the seven 
last words are tied into the virtues. And he did the same thing with the Beatitudes, with the words of Our Lady, and uh, so much more. And so, uh, again, the course that I started to develop and, of course, have put on for quite some time now is called the seven last words on everything. And so, uh, again, we'll talk a little bit about the seven last words tonight. And uh, again, I've been a blessed man in that, um, again, it's uh, one of these things where I am kind of what I call a renaissance man. Um, you see behind me uh, many of the, um, you know, uh, hoodies and uh, jerseys and uh, different things that I wear, uh, you know, throughout the week. And um, Again, many of you know I'm a plumber by trade, so uh, this idea of the gas man. And uh, I specialize in gas piping. That's what I do. And so uh, this is why the nickname, the Pipe Padre. And so, again, don't be confused. <laughs> you know, I'm not a priest. I'm not a religious. I'm a plumber who loves the faith and, uh, again, hosts the weekly uh, Catholic show, uh, we like to call it the Catholic Hour, uh, but where I go into a local radio station and share the rosary, the chaplet of mercy, the lives of the saints. And uh, so the term, the pipe padre, uh, stuck with me, where people would know that I would come over and fix their pipes, but also then preach a little bit of the gospel. Anyway, I uh, found uh, the writings of Archbishop Sheen a couple of years ago, and I started to realize that he had this uh, very uh, unique way of bringing souls to Christ by talking about everyday life situations, and uh, but saying that uh, there are answers to the world's problems, and again, it is contained in the cross. And uh, I think one thing we all realize is that uh, there is a difference between the cross and the crucifix. Um, again, I have my favorite cross here that I have on my desk, and I'll show it. Um, uh, it is, uh, it's called Jesus the Listener, and um, it's a beautiful presentation of our Lord on the cross. And he's got his arms outstretched, but he's leaning forward to listen to us. And uh, again, this crucifix has been uh, on my desk for quite some time. And I do carry it with me. I have a couple of these. Um, and it's a nice pocket size that I can just put into my uh, jacket and have a, a reminder of our Lord's love for me and for the world. And one thing that Fulton Sheen taught uh, so many is that uh, he would say, you know, if you want to change your life, put a crucifix on your desk for three days and it'll change you. Because I think what you will find is as you look upon the crucifix and you ponder uh, this great mystery of love, you realize one thing that you had something to do with it. And, you know, I, I have a nervous laugh in the sense that it's our sin that put our Lord on the cross. And so we have to, you know, accept that, that we had something to do with it. Um, our Lord died on the cross to save us from our sins. And yet sometimes that can uh, stir the heart to uh, be sorry for our sins. And I know that's what happened to me, is that Archbishop Sheen wrote in 1939 a book called Victory Over Vice. And I think I've got a copy of it here on my desk, and I'll hold it up so that uh, people can see it. And this is available through Sophia Institute Press. And it was this little book uh, back in the year 2009 that got my attention. Uh, it uh, 
started to uh, help me to realize that there is an antidote for the seven deadly sins that uh, we all struggle with. And I don't say that we struggle with all seven, but I think each one of us at home can admit to say, yeah, there's a couple there that uh, keep showing up, keep showing up. And so uh, Fulton Sheen was able to uh, help me to walk through and to um, find hope that uh, I'm not a lost cause. And that, uh, again, whether it be the sin of anger, envy, lust, um, you know, greed, <laughs> gluttony, um, you know, I, I don't, I, again, sometimes they're hard to recall all seven. I don't want to be on a quiz here, but uh, still, uh, these seven last words that our Lord spoke from the cross are the perfect antidote. And um, again, for many who are wondering, uh, again, the seven last words, uh, those are the words that, uh, again, are uh, recalled in the Gospels, those beautiful words of, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son, and to the disciple he loved, behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst. The sixth word is, it is finished. And the seventh word our Lord spoke from the cross was, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And so this sermon, I like to say sermon, is that we always think of the Sermon on the Mount. We think of the Beatitudes. But then there's the Sermon on Mount Calvary. And Fulton Sheen said that there is no greater preacher in the history of the world than the dying Christ. And there's no better sermon than the seven last words. And it's these seven last words that I started to realize that, wow, these words are touching lives. And for Fulton Sheen, he said in his very last um, reflection on the seven last words, it was 1979, and many of you might have seen uh, this video presentation, and it's called His Last Words. And uh, he got to the microphone and Archbishop Sheen said, this is the 58th consecutive year that I've spoken on our Lord's passion, his death and his resurrection. 58th consecutive year. And he said, oh, I started when I was four. Now he was just joking, but uh, still, to just think about this for 58 consecutive years he had something to say about the seven last words. And when he was studying uh, in Louvain, uh, again, Louvain University in Belgium, uh, his professor, his formators, the teachers there, uh, one of them in particular, Cardinal Mercier, uh, said to him, uh, when you give reflections and homilies, uh, rip up your notes every year. Don't uh, rely on your notes to give the same homily, the same teaching year after year, uh, you owe it to those who are listening to you to come up with a fresh presentation. Uh, trust in the Holy Spirit to give you the words that you need. And uh, he was able to do that with the seven last words. And uh, for uh, over 20 years, he was uh, the voice of the Catholic hour. And uh, again, many people will recall how uh, there was four to five million uh, people that would tune in each week to hear uh, at then Monsignor Sheen give a great catechesis on the Catholic Hour. And uh, 
especially during the season of Lent. I think when people kind of say, I need to do something, I need to work on my soul, uh, they would tune in. And uh, again, year after year, it was about our Lord's passion, his seven last words, but a different theme. And so in 1933, he gave a beautiful Good Friday address called His Last Words. And actually, that book has sold um, uh, hundreds of thousands of copies. It's uh, still available today. Uh, you can find it wherever fine books are sold. And it's just, uh, again, it only takes an hour to read. But yet, Sheen was able to unpackage uh, those seven last words in uh, what I call relatable ideas. He was able to apply it uh, to our lives. And so, uh, again, in 1933, again, he was starting to uh, be known as uh, someone who spoke with authority. And this is what I say about Archbishop Shane, is that he had the grace of the sacrament, and that was the sacrament of holy orders. And he also had what I call a bit of a secret advantage in that he heard our confessions. And so he was very wise to uh, provide remedies for what ailed um, not only America, but the whole world. And so uh, this is why he was so powerful. Uh, he knew what we needed. And of course, he was uh, very much a shepherd of souls. Um, he, since he was a very young boy, knew he wanted to be a priest. He wanted to serve. And so uh, his heart was in the right place. And so, uh, again, year after year, he gave these uh, Lenten reflections, and he would then turn them into books. And uh, I started to study uh, Fulton Sheen's library, I want to say his collection of writings. And I thought, wow, uh, 1937, he released a book called The Cross and the Beatitudes. And many people know that uh, book well, uh, where he takes a number of the Beatitudes and ties it into the seven last words. Uh, in 1936, he wrote a book called Calvary in the Mass, and he took the seven last words and he applied it to seven parts of the Mass. A simple example, like for example, the Confidior, the beginning of Mass when we say, I'm sorry, well, the words Father forgive them, for they know not what they do. The first word from the cross. Uh, then of course the Offertory. He then points us to the good thief and you know he asked the lord remember me and uh, he was offered up with the lord he was the small uh, host uh, uniting himself to the larger host which is our lord and uh, again the sanctus 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 the holy 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 he would look to our lady and say woman behold your son and to the apostle we love Behold your mother. And uh, I tell you, if you want to become holy, you need the Blessed Virgin Mary. You need her help. And so you can see how we would just plug in, um, again, the seven last words of our Lord to a different theme each year. And he continued that year after year after year. Uh, one of my favorite books is from 1938. It's called The Rainbow of Sorrows, where Sheen unpackages why pain why unjust suffering? Why do the innocent suffer? Uh, these are questions I think a lot of us ask, uh, especially in these trying times. And so, again, I was just blown away by how Archbishop Sheen 
uh, just kind of uh, had a touch tone. He knew we wanted God. He knew we wanted God. And he said, well, I'll make it easy on you. I'll just take everyday circumstances and always try to bring in the gospel. Um, I've shared this story before in the show. Uh, I think he was talking about um, a gratitude. And uh, he was sharing about uh, award ceremonies and how, um, again, every year there'd always be the uh, Emmy Awards. And uh, he won actually two Emmy Awards, uh, but uh, for the most outstanding personality on television. And uh, when he received the Emmy Award, he thanked his writers, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of course, uh, people remember those lines uh, even till this day. And it was great to see him give thanks to God. But he, he would remind us, he says, you know, in today, uh, in the world, even at award shows, uh, very few people thank God. Sometimes they thank their family, thank their writers, thank, um, you know, people who inspired them. But did they thank God for the talent they received? Because um, it all came from God. And yet he would take a moment to say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that kind of reminds me of something that happened 2,000 years ago when our blessed Lord healed 10 lepers. And those lepers went away and only one of them came back to give thanksgiving. It's kind of, uh, you know, like our world today, um, very few people give thanks. And so he kind of brought us into our Lord's sorrow, um, how he was disappointed that only one came back. And so uh, he would kind of get our attention. He did that every week, either on radio or television. And so I kind of, um, I had this little holy inspiration to say, you know, a lot of these books, I started to research that Many of them haven't been republished. Um, they're sitting, um, I guess, with without a home, um, kind of left orphan. And I thought, you know, this book called The Seven Virtues, um, never been republished, 1940. Uh, 1938, The Rainbow of Sorrows, where he talks about pain and unjust suffering. And even in 1944, he wrote a book called The Seven Words to the Cross. And uh, there he kind of tied in the seven last words to the seven groups of difficult people. And uh, again, we all know them. It's the intelligentsia, the kind of the know-it-alls, right? Um, they were there at the foot of the cross 2,000 years ago. Uh, the moderns, they were there also. Uh, the sensationalist, uh, the selfish, the sinners, the thinkers, um, the humanist. Uh, these groups of people were all there at the foot of the cross and Sheen tied it into the seven last words. And so, um, again, these three books, I thought, wouldn't it be great to reintroduce them uh, to the world again? And um, again, the Holy Spirit was was working and was using this plumber from Canada to uh, put together this collection of Sheen's writings. And um, again, this is my original copy. This is called The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. And uh, this is the very first one I have, and I use it. It's almost like my Bible. I put tabs in there, and, and I, of course, just highlighted. Um, you know, there's actually lots of um, what I call a marker in this. And so uh, people sometimes see me hold it up and say, wow, that looks like a, a you know, a 
a well-used Bible. Well, again, I've been quoting this book since 2018, but uh, again, I wanted to uh, put together uh, what I'd like to call a love letter to give to my children. And I was on EW10 television. Um, Doug Keck from EW10 Bookmarks was um, interviewing me, and he said, uh, why did you write the book? And I said, uh, I wrote the book for my children. I wanted my children to have these life lessons. And uh, because of what I've learned from reading Fulton Sheen about uh, the seven last words, um, you know, the virtues. Um, I want my my son and my two daughters to practice virtue. Um, and who better to teach them about virtue than Fulton J. Sheen? Um, you know, we all struggle with sin. Well, I wanted to give, uh, again, my children an opportunity to say, uh, you know, examine your conscience, work on things. Uh, I wanted to give them, you know, I want to say uh, tips on how to deal with difficult people. Again, read Fulton Sheen. He'll help you with that. Um, naturally, I want everyone to draw closer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, who better to teach us about the Blessed Virgin Mary than Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen? And his writings on Our Lady are in this book. And so uh, this was an inspiration to leave something behind for my children. Well, it turned out that my children have enjoyed this book, but uh, tens of thousands of other people have enjoyed this also. And so uh, this kind of is what I call um, one of my favorite Lenten um, projects. And of course, many people um, take this book to heart during the season of Lent. And uh, I actually have a website that uh, I would invite everyone to visit. It's called bishopsheentoday.com uh, because we need Bishop Sheen today. And uh, there I actually put up a Lenten reading guide. Uh, the book is um, easily, um, I want to say, um, you can navigate it over a 45-day period in Lent. And um, what I do is I give everyone a little bit of reading each day, and I take you on this spiritual journey where to start off with the Beatitudes during the first week. And we uh, will go through, you know, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the clean of heart, blessed are the poor. And again, spend seven days just going through the Beatitudes and the seven last words. And then we move um, along in this Lenten journey where we continue to unpackage even more content from Sheen's writings. Uh, of course, uh, we talk about, you know, pain and unjust suffering and uh, all these sorrows because we have to understand it. And then uh, we continue through our Lenten journey where we uh, talk about the seven deadly sins and the answers to that. And then, of course, we then study the virtues so we can practice, you know, uh, what I call the fix, because <laughs> again, you have to make reparation uh, for a lot of these things. And so, uh, again, it's this spiritual journey where we go through the book, and uh, it's not hard. It's uh, actually, people will say, you know, it's about 20 minutes of reading each day, but um, uh, I always recommend that you read it in the morning, and then you can think about it uh, throughout the day. And so, uh, we've been doing this now for three years. And uh, the results are uh, the letters that I get. People's hearts have been touched, and um, they realize, yes, God does love me, that he laid down his life on the cross for me, and he's given me holy wisdom. 
you know, through the pen of Fulton Sheen. And so uh, I'm a blessed man to have uh, been inspired a number of years ago to put this together. And uh, again, many people will be enjoying this book for Lent. And I always encourage that even if you don't read the book during Lent, you can always uh, read it through the year. It's not, I always like to say, it's not just a Lenten book, you know, although people want to, um, again, do something for Lent. And again, I think you have so many choices now. Um, my inbox is full of the various, uh, you know, apostolic outreaches of different groups, and they've all got their little booklets and they've got their programs and you know many of them are excellent and so i always just say to people pray about it uh but fulton sheen is uh, someone i think that um has uh, stood the test of time if maybe that's the right word to use um because his writings are timeless and a lot of times when i look at his stuff i go he wrote that in 1943 and it's like he's here in the year 2021 he just seems to, like we say, nails it. And uh, boy, we are, um, you know, and we are in need of wisdom. I really do. We, we need Sheen's wisdom. But um, again, uh, Lent is a good time to uh, kind of uh, find our way, find our way. And to truly understand, I, this is where I say is that um, nothing, it's not a rose garden. <laughs> I mean, life is difficult and it is a struggle. But I remember this one line, and I just, um, when I look at all the craziness that's going on in the world, I mean, just turn the television on, and it's more crazy. But Fulton Sheen said, a world that is capable of putting God on the cross and putting him to death is capable of anything. Anything. And I remember that. So when I see these crazy things going on and laws being passed and uh, the violence and all this stuff, I think back to those words, a world that is capable of putting God on the cross and putting him to death is capable of anything. And so I say thank you, Fulton Sheen, for those words of wisdom. And again, when you read The Cries of Jesus on the Cross, people have said this to me or not just even just this book, but any of Sheen's books, you you have to keep pausing and uh, put it down and just think about it. And um, again, that's just the way his writing style is, that he leaves us wanting more. But again, there's so much treasure in these pages. So, all right. Um, again, the Lenten Reading Guide on the website Bishop Sheen today. Uh, again, the book is available everywhere. I... I always try to put people uh, over to Sophia Institute Press. Uh, the good people there, they've not only got uh, a number of Bishop Sheen books, they actually have uh, other great writers that, um, again, you can't uh, get enough of good books from Sophia. So uh, spend some time there. There's always, um, I like to say something for everyone. They've got children's books. They've got uh, they got so much and so and very good descriptions of every book and videos and and stuff so again sophia institute press and um, again uh, if it's not the cries of jesus on the cross may recommend to you uh, lord teach us to pray <laughs> i'll hold this one up too and uh, this is my uh, second labor of love and so many people even uh, take this uh, book with them during the 
season of Lent because uh, they go into Lent kind of saying, you know, I really need to work on my prayer life. Um, it's not that great. And, and I have to be honest too. Uh, my prayer life has been on this roller coaster ride for many years. Um, I'll have times where I don't miss my holy hour. Um, I get my rosary in every day. I read my Bible. And then every so often I hit a patch where I kind of go off the trail and I'm not as consistent with my prayers. And so I think a lot of us really uh, want to develop holy habits. And I, I like that, holy habits. I know uh, in fitness and health, you're always saying you need some good habits, you know, good eating habits, some good training habits. Uh, you need holy habits. And so uh, Fulton Sheen uh, truly has helped, again, tens of thousands of people with their prayer life. And so, um, uh, I can, where do I start? Uh, I start with the holy hour. And, um, you know, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen uh, preached for so many years the necessity to spend an hour each day with our Lord. Um, if you listen to any of his uh, Catholic Hour broadcast, uh, he'd always begin his broadcast with a gentle reminder uh, for Catholics especially to pray an hour each day with the Lord, um, to try to go to Holy Mass each day. And um, again, he would say, if you can't spend an hour in a church uh, before the Blessed Sacrament, make time in your own home uh, to spend an hour with the Lord. Uh, I always like to use what I call the 20-20-20 rule. Um, in that, you know, try to spend 20 minutes in the morning. I usually try to get up a little bit early, spend 20 minutes, uh, you know, in prayer. And there I'm already got a good start. And then usually at lunchtime, I try to get another 20 minutes in. And then somewhere in the evening, get another 20 minutes. So um, again, I can't always do an hour straight. But if I set that little goal of 20, 20, 20, uh, that works for a lot of people, and that's why I, I try to say to people, and if you miss uh, one of the 20s, at least you're trying. You At least you got 20 minutes of prayer, or maybe 40 minutes of prayer, uh, but still uh, wake up every day and say, I want to try to get an hour in. And it sounds silly, but sometimes you have to schedule that hour. I've met many priests that I've asked them that question, um, how do you stay faithful to your holy hour? And they'll say, um, I schedule a meeting with Jesus. Oh, really? I said, when's your meeting today? Oh, well, I have them in for 11 o'clock. And um, again, I thought, you know what? That works. What, what do I say? Um, if you fail to plan, then plan to fail. You need to develop a plan. And of course, have the Lord, um, if, it's, if you schedule them in, you schedule them in. So again, the holy hour is so important. And uh, Fulton Sheen um, developed a beautiful little uh, pamphlet or a booklet, and it was simply called The Holy Hour. And he would say to the listeners of the Catholic Hour to say, if you want this little prayer book, just write to me and I'll mail you a copy. Um, it turned out that he made 400,000 of those booklets and distributed them over a number of years. And uh, to think of how many people uh, want it you know, to have this little booklet to help them to pray. And it, it's actually beautiful. And I included that little prayer booklet uh, in this book, Lord Teach Us to Pray, along with Sheen's writings on the Our Father. Because in 1935, he did 
his uh, Good Friday address where he talked about the seven petitions of the Our Father and tied it in with the seven last words our Lord spoke from the cross. And also in this book, Lord Teaches to Pray, is the Calvary and the Mass, uh, that 1936 classic book that uh, where he talks about the seven parts of the Mass and the seven last words. Um, you know, Stations of the Cross. It's kind of something that we do during the season of Lent, but we really should do Stations of the Cross um, throughout the year. And uh, there's a very short um, uh, form of the Stations of the Cross in this book. And uh, I think during the month of February, but especially during the season of Lent, uh, doing the Stations of the Cross every day um, is highly recommended. And I tell you, um, I've, you know, been doing my best to incorporate the Stations of the Cross into my daily prayer life. And uh, just in a few years, what I found is it truly helped me to understand how much love the Lord has for us when you meditate on his, um, the Stations every day. Boy, it's what a journey. What a journey. Of course, he meets his mother. He meets the women. He meets Veronica. He falls three times. Um, there is so much there. And Fulton Sheen, of course, just asks us to spend a few minutes each day just, um, you know, especially with our crucifix. And I think this is why he recommended that we put this on our desk for three days and it'll start to grow on you. Uh, but to do the stations, um, even holding a crucifix is a really um, great spiritual exercise. And so I can't recommend it enough. It's um, until you try it, <laughs> you know, don't knock it till you try it. Remember, that's what they say. Uh, try to do the Stations of the Cross. Do it every day from the season of Lent. And of course, use Sheen's shortened version. It only takes a few minutes. It's a short meditation with each station. Um, you know, some Our Fathers and Hail Marys. But I tell you, it's a beautiful Lenten practice. And hopefully it'll spill over past the season of Lent and will become a daily practice uh, for a number of you. And so, all right. Um, the cries of Jesus on the cross, again, with the Lenten reading guide, and the Lord teach us to pray. Uh, either one, or even both, are excellent uh, during the season of Lent. And uh, I want to say that uh, people are asking me, too, about uh, the year of St. Joseph. And, um, you know, I did a video, um, I think, of last week or the week before, um, talking about uh, a consecration program called Custos. And I think I've got a copy here. And, um, again, it's with a group, the Fathers of St. Joseph. And I'm a little bit of a poster child with the Fathers of St. Joseph. Uh, people have seen um, uh, my face on... Uh, the banner uh, from this group, this organization called the Fathers of St. Joseph. And uh, I think it's up on the screen now. And of course, I'm with Jason Everett and uh, Keith Nestor and other familiar faces uh, there. Uh, but all of us are uh, fathers that have been trying to uh, imitate St. Joseph uh, in our own personal life. And I like to say that I've been living the dream for uh, over 30 years, and that um, uh, my son, I got to um, raise him up in the trades, and so uh, I am a blessed man, and that uh, I got to kind of uh, imitate St. Joseph, and to have a son 
uh, started working with me even when he was five years old. He started to uh, love uh, working with our, my tools. And uh, by the time he was a teenager, he was, um, of course, he had his, uh, he passed his, uh, his uh, plumbing ticket. And he was the youngest um, uh, person ever to uh, pass the exams. And so at 15, he's a licensed fitter. And uh, of course, now, of course, he's over 30 years old uh, and has 15 years experience as a license fitter. And uh, again, he got to grow up with his dad and work side by side. And so uh, I am, uh, I can, I can identify with St. Joseph because I got to live it. Um, and so when I read this book for the first time called Kustos, um, it just touched my heart. It's, um, I like to say, a consecration uh, different than Father Callaway's consecration. And uh, I've done uh, Father Callaway's consecration um, quite a while ago. Um, of course, his book has uh, still got, um, I'd like to say, legs to it, uh, and that many people are still ordering it, still enjoying it. And it's an excellent book. Um, it talks about what the saints have written about St. Joseph and a beautiful testimony. But this consecration done by the fathers of St. Joseph called Custos. Uh, it's what I call an apprenticeship program where uh, you get to do uh, what I call the spiritual exercises. And uh, it actually recommends over 33 days to incorporate 33 spiritual practices into your life. And so uh, you become like St. Joseph in that you embrace silence and prayer. You uh, embrace the children. Um, you embrace your wife. And you can see here that they've got a beautiful package. They've uh, got cards and, um, of course, uh, many resources. And, um, again, visit their website, The Fathers of St. Joseph. And uh, there's a little video series called The 40 Days to Fatherly Greatness. And uh, little three-minute videos and um, daily devotional books. There is so much... Um, just powerful resources with this organization. And uh, what's nice about this consecration to St. Joseph is there is, um, like I say, a brown scapular that is um, kind of attached to um, your journey. And um, uh, many of us have uh, consecrated ourselves to Jesus through Mary. And uh, many of us have uh, used the formula uh, provided by St. Louis de Montfort. Um, I remember doing that many, many, many years ago, uh, consecrating myself to Jesus through Mary. And uh, I remember as a, a first holy communicant, like um, I'm from the generation of uh, when you received your first holy communion, you received the brown scapular. And uh, many of us, I remember as a young boy, uh, I have uh, six brothers. And so uh, let's just say the house was busy. And uh, we all were given the brown scapular, um, you know, during our first Holy Communion. And, and many of us wore it uh, on and off. And uh, a lot of times we would wear it for the wrong reasons. We would think, oh, if we wear the brown scapular, uh, we won't go to hell if we die you know, an accidental death, you know. And um, our mother used to always say to us, remember, boys, don't be using the scapular as a good luck charm, a lucky rabbit's foot. It's not that you wear the scapular because you love Our Lady and you're clothed in her mantle of protection. So, um, again, it's it grows on you over time. But um, 
The consecration formula usually involves uh, an enrollment in the brown scapular. And so uh, many of my friends uh, look forward to that where uh, they spend time in this journey uh, reading St. Louis de Montfort's writings, preparing their heart, um, going through the program, and then making the consecration and then being enrolled in the brown scapular. Well, Custos um, has a brown scapular that um, is actually very beautiful, uh, quite simple, and it has, um, I'm going to hold it up to the screen here, and hopefully you can see it, but it's um, it's got, of course, St. Joseph and, of course, Our Lady. And so uh, what I love about um, uh, this consecration to St. Joseph, it reminds us that um, you have a mother and a father. And uh, when you raise children, uh, hopefully it's done in a home where the father has an input and the mother has an input. And that mother and father raise the children together. And so uh, I get to be raised by St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, uh, you know, I share with people because being a man of trade and kind of living this um, very, uh, this model of St. Joseph in, um, you know, the life that I've uh, been blessed to live is one of uh, going to Mass every morning, uh, bringing my son with me, and then we would go off, we'd have breakfast together and then go off and work uh, with the tools and um, and then come home to um, to uh, mother and, uh, you know, share our joy. And uh, we do it again, <laughs> do it again. So uh, prayer and work, prayer and work. So, uh, and I say to people, um, my joy and my confidence of St. Joseph comes because I remember years ago when I was... Um, uh, newly married. My wife and I went to Madonna House up in Cumbermere, and uh, we were in a, a Nazareth family weekend, and uh, we uh, spent some time, of course, listening to the formators, and uh, there was an opportunity where the men were all called um, to a gathering, and um, uh, the priest uh, got up and he says, I want each and every one of you men to embrace Joseph and to um, try to, I guess, emulate him, you know, let him be your role model. And uh, he said, but I want to leave you with this, um, this word picture or this idea. I want you to envision that St. Joseph comes up to you and says, I want you to come and live with me. I want you to live under my roof. And I'm going to build an addition, an addition onto my house for you and your family, and you're going to live under the roof of St. Joseph. And I always just took that to heart, that St. Joseph made room for me, my wife, and my children. And he built an addition on his home for us. And uh, I got to receive the benefits of living um, with his spouse, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and his son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so you get the best of everything. You have the guidance of St. Joseph, the love and protection of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and of course, the reassurance that um, you live with our Lord, who becomes not only your Lord, but your brother and friend. And uh, so all these benefits, but you have to kind of buy in to this idea to say, I now live under St. Joseph's rule, and his, uh, I receive the blessing of living 
with him and his his wife and his son. So again, I think this is the whole idea that it takes two parents to raise a child. So let's be raised by St. Joseph and Our Lady. And uh, Fulton Sheen would um, acknowledge that too. I mean, so many times he said uh, to those who would listen, uh, if you want to become a better Christian, who better to go to than the Blessed Virgin Mary? For she formed Christ for all those years. And she formed the infant church when uh, our Lord um, went to be um, in heaven and, of course, sent the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, she mothered the infant church and helped, um, again, so many people uh, in those early years. Uh, she received what I like to call a poor exchange in that uh, she lost her son but gained uh, this new uh, family of children uh, in John, St. John, Peter, Andrew, and of course we, her millionth and millionth born children. So uh, through spiritual adoption, that beautiful moment when our Lord said from the cross, woman, behold your son, and to the apostle he loved, behold your mother. At that moment, we became children of Mary. So uh, again, this is, uh, again, a real blessing that God has given us. He's given us good St. Joseph and Blessed Mother to help us. So uh, go to Joseph and, of course, uh, go to Jesus through Mary. <laughs> through Mary. But now we'll be able to say, go to Jesus through Mary and Joseph. So, again, the book is called Custos, this program. And, uh, again, it challenges, it challenges the reader to take on these 33 spiritual practices, uh, one each day. And of course, there's a meditation, so it's an easy read. But um, at the end of the program, uh, you'd like to say, uh, I apprenticed under good St. Joseph. So, all right. Um, I've covered a lot of ground here, but I just wanted to share from my heart, um, you know, how I spend my Lent, what I want to do, and uh, I want to be available, of course, to you, uh, the viewers, and uh, you can always find me on my website, bishopsheentoday.com. Of course, uh, my own personal YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, the School of Sheen and Al Smith. And so, um, again, I want to be able to share uh, Sheen's writings and his teachings. And uh, at the website, it's simply uh, broken down into three sections. We have uh, a tab that says Watch Sheen, where you can... Uh, spend literally a hundred hours watching all the videos that are available um, on YouTube and there are hundreds of them and I also have a tab uh, on the website that is uh, the listen tab where you can listen to over 10 years of my uh, radio broadcast and I've been blessed to uh, be on Radio Maria and of course um, other secular stations and uh, we've been doing this for quite some time, and so uh, all of the radio archives are available by just clicking, um, you know, on the tab, and then you can download the actual recording. And so uh, either if it be Radio Maria or FM 98.5, um, you will find uh, a good supply of MP3s and free downloads on the Listen tab of bishopsheentoday.com. And there is a Read tab where... 
uh, I have posted a number of free digital downloads and uh, the Catholic University of America has uh, scanned uh, dozens of Sheen's books and pamphlets and uh, so they're all available for free downloads and so I give you the links of how to get to those sites and so uh, again I want you to read Sheen, listen to Sheen and watch Sheen and uh, again be blessed by uh, the wit and wisdom of this very wise and holy man and so uh, again who better to go to than uh, Fulton Sheen, Our Lady and Good Saint Joseph so uh, hopefully you'll spend your Lent uh, with uh, all three <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully uh, one day we'll all meet uh, Fulton Sheen, the Blessed Virgin Mary and good Saint Joseph in heaven one day. So uh, everyone, I wanna thank you for joining me. And uh, again, I know I kind of tried to cover as much as I could. Uh, I will be posting videos throughout Lent and um, I actually have uh, got uh, 21 of them uh, now recorded. I want to uh, release one every two days and uh, I'm going to unpackage um, what I like to call the harder to find Sheen books. And, um, you know, I want to spend some time talking about uh, the rainbow of sorrows, the, um, you know, the reason for unjust suffering, pain. Um, these are all still questions people are asking, especially in these times of COVID. Um, how do we get out of this mess? Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? And uh, Fulton Sheen gives us so much, um, I want to say good news, but uh, again, food for thought. And so uh, each day I always share uh, the 20 minute reflection. I actually have found some of Sheen's audio. And so I'm going to actually play his Catholic Hour recordings so you can listen to him um, right back from 1944. And then I'll make a few uh, short commentaries after the audio portions done so uh, we're going to listen to Sheen of course and read Sheen during Lent and so uh, you'll find that on my YouTube channel and my Facebook page so we'll be doing that and I'll be sharing a little bit uh, from uh, St. Joseph's consecration book called Custos and I'll hold it up uh, one more time uh, in front of the screen here and uh, go to the Fathers of St. Joseph uh, again uh, and you'll find that to be an excellent uh, program so uh, the cries of Jesus on the cross Lord teach us to pray and kustos and uh, please pray for me I'm working on two more uh, Sheen books um, uh, hopefully they'll be released in 2021 so uh, I've been using this time of uh, what I call stay-at-home orders uh, to stay at home and write some books so uh, please pray that uh, this will go well. And uh, again, I'm getting older, so there's always a few health issues here and there. So I'd ask you to please pray for my health and um, that I'll be strong and uh, be able to serve uh, for many years to come. So again, uh, let us pray together as we uh, end this uh, time. And I'll ask uh, my good friend, Kent Kohoski, who is my producer, uh, to bring up onto the screen a uh, beautiful picture of uh, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And I'll lead you in uh, a prayer asking for a spiritual favor. So, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. 
if it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor I now request through his prayerful intercession. And here I pray that we will all have a very prayerful and uh, blessed time during this Lenten season, and that uh, the churches may reopen, that we may be able to free, freely worship our Lord and Savior without fear, and that, uh, again, we will have peace once again soon. And we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, my dear friends, you can find me again on Facebook and uh, the website bishopsheentoday.com. And uh, remember that uh, our Lord gives us the seven last words on everything. We can learn how to solve the problems of the world and the great mysteries of life by going to the cross. And uh, again, a great saint many years ago, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, wrote these very powerful words. He says, I've learned more from the crucifix than any book. Uh, we will learn more from the crucifix than any book that we read. So um, again, put a crucifix into your life. And um, as Fulton Sheen said, uh, put one on your desk for three days and it will change you. And uh, take an opportunity to go through the house today uh, and uh, try to find a few of the crucifixes that may be in uh, some drawers or even, um, you know, uh, in a box in the furnace room. and uh, But uh, bring them out and uh, spend some time uh, just pondering this great love story of how God so loved the world that he came, took on human flesh, and died on the cross for us. Uh, again, everyone in this world is born. We all want to live. We all seem to have this mission say, I want to live. But yet our Lord, his mission was to come to this world to die for us. And uh, yes, he did. And he did it well. And we have to thank the Lord each day for loving us this much. He always, we say, how much did God love us? This much. And he extended his arms and was nailed on a cross to save us. And so let us rejoice and be glad. My dear friends, Look forward to having you again uh, as my guest here next week on Hungry for More. And so until that time, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. Stay hungry, stay holy, and we'll see you next week on Hungry for More.